It's June the 14th. Let's read the Bible. Welcome back, friends, to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. Now, today, June the 14th, we're in the middle of June, which means we are coming up on about two weeks away from being halfway through our journey. If you're brand new, glad to have you. You can find the whole reading guide at keepbelieving.com. Click on Let's Read the Bible. You can also find all the previous videos. Whether you're new or whether you've been with us from the beginning, welcome. I got a note last night from someone who said, my wife and I have not missed a single day. There are a number of people like that who have been watching these videos from the beginning. I got to tell you, that impresses me. I don't think I could do 365 days in a row like that. I think I'd be I think I'd be doing this the way I went through college and seminary. Do it for a while, and then do a lot of cramming to try to catch up before the final exam. It doesn't matter whether you join late, whether you've been with us from the beginning, however you're doing it. If you're just dipping in, doesn't matter. We are so glad to have you. Now, we are in the heart of the book of First Chronicles. We made it past the nine chapters of genealogy. Now we're going to get into the story of King David and uh, his plans and his dreams to build the temple for God, the temple that David dreamed about, but Solomon actually built. Now, we're going to jump in today, 1 Chronicles chapter 10. We've got one chapter about the death of Saul, and then David rises to power, and then there's a list of his mighty men, and then in chapter 13, his reign is beginning, the golden age of Israel's greatest king. So we'll begin to read now, First Chronicles 10. We always pray, Lord, open our eyes that we might behold wonderful things from your word. First Chronicles 10. The Philistines fought against Israel, and Israel's men fled from them. Many were killed on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines pursued Saul and his sons and killed his sons, Jonathan and Benadab and Malkishua. When the battle intensified against Saul, the archers spotted him and severely wounded him. Then Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and run me through with it, or these uncircumcised men will come and torture me. But his armor-bearer would not do it, because he was terrified. Then Saul took his sword and fell on it. When this armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his own sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died. His whole house died together. When all the men of Israel in the valley saw that the army had fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead. They abandoned their cities and fled, so the Philistines came and settled in them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, they found Saul and his sons dead on Mount Gilboa. They stripped Saul, cut off his head, took his armor, and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to spread the good news to their idols and the people. Then they put his armor in the temple of their gods and hung his skull in the temple of Dagon. When all Jabesh-Gilead heard of everything the Philistines had done to Saul, all their brave men set out and retrieved the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons and brought them to Jabesh. They buried their bones under the oak in Jabesh and fasted seven days. Saul died for his unfaithfulness to the Lord because he did not keep the Lord's word. He even consulted a medium for guidance, but he did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turn the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. First Chronicles 11. 
all Israel came together to David at Hebron and said, Here we are, your own flesh and blood. Even previously, when Saul was king, you were leading Israel out to battle and bringing us back. The Lord your God also said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will be ruler over my people Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. David made a covenant with them at Hebron in the Lord's presence, and they anointed David king over Israel, in keeping with the Lord's word through Samuel. David and all Israel marched to Jerusalem, that is Jebus. The Jebusites who inhabited the land were there. The inhabitants of Jebus said to David, You will never get in here. Yet David did capture the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. David said, Whoever is the first to kill a Jebusite will become chief commander. Joab, son of Zeruah, went up first, so he became the chief. Then David took up residence in the stronghold. Therefore, it was called the city of David. He built up the city all the way around, from the supporting terraces to the surrounding parts, and Joab restored the rest of the city. David steadily grew more powerful, and the Lord of armies was with him. The following were the chiefs of David's warriors, who together with all Israel strongly supported him in his reign to make him king, according to the Lord's word about Israel. This is the list of David's warriors. Jehashbeam, son of Hakmoni, was chief of the thirty. He wielded his spear against three hundred and killed them at one time. After him, Eleazar, son of Dodo, the Ahohite, was one of the three warriors. He was with David at Pass Damim when the Israelites had gathered there for battle. There was a portion of a field full of barley where the troops had fled from the Philistines, but Eleazar and David took their stand in the middle of the field and defended it. They killed the Philistines, and the Lord gave them a great victory. Three of the thirty chief men went down to David to the rock at the cave of Adullam, where the Philistine army was encamped in Rephaim Valley. At that time, David was in the stronghold, and a Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David was extremely thirsty and said, If only someone would bring me water to drink from the well at the city gate of Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine camp and drew water from the well at the gate of Bethlehem. They brought it back to David, but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. David said, I would never do such a thing in the presence of my God. How can I drink the blood of these men who risk their lives? For they brought it at the risk of their lives. So he would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three warriors. Abishai, Joab's brother, was the leader of the three. He raised his spear against 300 men and killed them, gaining a reputation among the three. He was more honored than the three and became their commander, even though he did not become one of the three. Badiah, son of Jehoiada, was the son of a brave man from Kabzeel, a man of many exploits. Benaiah killed two sons of Ariel of Moab, and he went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. He also killed an Egyptian who was seven and a half feet tall. Even though the Egyptian had a spear in his hand like a weaver's beam, Benaiah went down to him with a staff, snatched the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and then killed him with his own spear. These were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, who had a reputation among the three warriors. He was the most honored of the thirty, but he did not become one of the three. David put him in charge of his bodyguards. The best soldiers were Joab's brother, Asahel, Elhanan, son of Dodo of Bethlehem, 
Shemeth, the Harorite, Helez, the Pelonite, Ira, son of Ikesh, the Tekoite, Abiezer, the Anathite, Shimbika, the Hushathite, Eli, the Ahoite, Maharai, the Netophalthite, <laughs> Helid, son of Baanach, the Netophalthite, Ithai, son of Ribai from Gibeah of the Benjaminites, Beniah, the Pyrothonite, Hurai, from the Wadis of Geash, Abiel, the Arbathite, Asmaveth, the Baharumite, Eliaba, the Sha'albonite, the sons of Hashem, the Gizanite, Jonathan, son of Shagi, the Hararite, Ahiam, son of Sakar, the Hararite, Eliphal, son of Ur, Hefer, the Mekerathite, Ahijah, the Pelonite, Hezro, the Carmelite, Naari, son of Ezbi, Joel, the son of Nathan, Mibar, son of Hagri, Zelek, the Ammonite, Naharai, the Beerothite, the armor-bearer for Joab, son of Zeruai, Ira the Ithrite, Gerim the Ithrite, Uriah the Hittite, Zabed, son of Ali, Adinah, son of Shiza, the Reubenite, chief of the Reubenites, and thirty with him, Hanan, son of Maacah, Joshaphat the Mithnite, Uzziah the Ashtarothite, Shammah and Jeel, the sons of Hotham the Erorathite, Jediel, son of Shimri, and his brother Joha the Tizite, Eliel the Mahavite, Jerabai, and Joshaviah, the sons of El-Naam, Ithma the Moabite, Eliel, Obed, and Jaasiel, the Mizobite. That's First Chronicles 11. Now, First Chronicles 12. And what we're going to be told in this chapter is this is a, this is a repeat of something that we found in First and Second Samuel. How as Saul as Saul was falling in the Lord's favor, David was rising up, and it's the story of the men who first rallied around David, and then those who came later enlisted by the various tribes. The following were the men who came to David at Ziklag while he was still banned from the presence of Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who helped him in battle. They were archers who could use either the right or left hand, both to sling stones and shoot arrows from a bow. They were Saul's relatives from Benjamin. Their chief was Ahiezer, the son of Shema'ah, the Gibeathite. Then there was his brother Joash, Jeziel, and Pelet, sons of Asmaveth, Barakah, Jehu, the Anathite, Ismiah, the Gibeonite, a warrior among the thirty and a leader over the thirty, Jeremiah, Jehaziel, Johanan, Josabad, the Gederothite, Eluzai, Jeremoth, Bealiah, Shemariah, Shephatiah, the Harufite, Elkanah, Ishiah, Azarel, Joezer, and Jasobeam, the Korathites, and Joelah and Zebediah, the sons of Jeroham from Geder. Some Gadites defected to David at his stronghold in the desert. They were valiant warriors trained for battle, expert with shield and spear. Their faces were like the faces of lions, and they were as, as swift as gazelles on the mountains. Ezer was the chief, Obadiah second, 
Eliab third, Mishmana fourth, Jeremiah fifth, Atai sixth, Eliel seventh, Johanan eighth, Elzabad ninth, Jeremiah tenth, and Matbanai eleventh. These Gadites were army commanders. The least of them was a match for a hundred, and the greatest of them for a thousand. These are the men who crossed the Jordan in the first month when it was overflowing all its banks and put to flight all those in the valleys to the east and to the west. Other Benjaminites and men from Judah also went to David at the stronghold. David went out to meet them and said to me, If you've come in peace to help me, my heart will be united with you. But if you've come to betray me to my enemies, even though my hands have done no wrong, may the God of our ancestors look on it and judge. Then the Spirit enveloped Amasai, chief of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, David. We are with you, son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you, and peace to him who helps you, for your God helps you. So David received them and made them leaders of his troops. Some Manassites defected to David when he went with the Philistines to fight against Saul. However, they did not help the Philistines because the Philistine rulers sent David away after a discussion. They said, It will be our heads if he defects to his master Saul. When David went to Ziklag, some men from Manasseh defected to him. Adna, Jazabed, Jediael, Michael, Jazabed, Elihu, and Zelethi, chiefs of thousands in Manasseh. They helped David against the raiders, but they were all valiant warriors and commanders in the army. At that time, men came day after day to help David until there was a great army, like an army of God. The numbers of the armed troops who came to David at Hebron to turn Saul's kingdom over to him, according to the Lord's word, were as follows. From the Judahites, 6,800 armed troops bearing shields and swords. From the Simeonites, 7,100 valiant warriors ready for war. From the Levites, 4,600, in addition to Jehoiada, leader of the house of Aaron, with 3,700 men. And Zadok, a young valiant warrior with 22 commanders from his ancestral family. From the Benjaminites, the relatives of Saul, 3,000 up to that time, the majority of the Benjaminites maintained their allegiance to the house of Saul. From the Ephraimites, 20,800 valiant warriors who were famous men in their ancestral tribes. From half the tribe of Manasseh, 18,000 designated by name to come and make David king. From the Issacharites, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. From Zebulun, 50,000 who could serve in the army trained for battle with all kinds of weapons of war with one purpose, to help David. From Naphtali, 1,000 commanders accompanied by 37,000 men with shield and spear. From the Danites, 28,600 trained for battle. From Asher, 40,000 who could serve in the army trained for battle. From across the Jordan, from the Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, 120,000 men equipped with all the military weapons of war. All these warriors, lined up in battle formation, came to Hebron wholeheartedly determined to make David king over all Israel. All the rest of Israel was also of one mind to make David king. They spent three days there eating and drinking with David for their relatives had provided for them. In addition, their neighbors came from as far away as Issachar, Zebulun, and Naphtali came and brought food on donkeys, camels, mules, and oxen, abundant provisions of flour, fig cakes, raisins, wine, and oil, herds, and flocks. Indeed, there was joy in Israel. First Chronicles 13, 
David consulted with all his leaders, the commanders of hundreds and of thousands. Then he said to the whole assembly of Israel, if it seems good to you, and if this is from the Lord our God, let's spread out and send the message to the rest of our relatives in all the districts of Israel, including the priests and Levites in their cities with pasture lands, that they should gather together with us. Then let's bring back the ark of our God, for we did not inquire of him in Saul's days. Since the proposal seemed right to all the people, the whole assembly agreed to it. So David assembled all Israel from the Shihor of Egypt to the entrance of Harmath to bring the temple, the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim. David and all Israel went to Baalah, that is Kiriath-Jerim, that belongs to Judah, to take from there the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord who is enthroned between the cherubim. At Abinadab's house, they set the ark of God on a new cart. Uzzah and Ahio were guarding the cart. David and all Israel were dancing with all their might before God, with songs and with lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets. When they came to Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah reached out to hold the ark because the oxen had stumbled. Then the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah, and he struck him dead because he had reached out to the ark. So he died there in the presence of God. David was angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah. So he named that place outburst against Uzzah as it is still named today. David feared God that day and said, how can I ever bring the ark of God to me? So David did not bring the ark of God home to the city of David. Instead, he diverted it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of God remained with Obed-Edom's family in his house for three months, and the Lord blessed his family and all that he had. There are so many things here. You may wonder, why does Ezra, presuming Ezra, who was the one who wrote Chronicles, why did Ezra feel the need to give the names of all those different leaders, the three, the 30, and then to list in detail the, 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 the soldiers that came from each tribe? He wants to show a couple of things. Number one, he wants to give honor and credit to the men who risked everything to join David, to the great men, the leaders, the heroes. He wants their name in the record in the same way in which we talk about uh, the heroes, American heroes, the men who fought in the wars, the men who were in the great battles, uh, those heroes George Washington, the Minute Valley Forge, and we talk about uh, uh, we we talk about Andrew Jackson, the War of eighteen twelve and eighteen twelve, and all the wars since then. So those names are listed there, so that the men and women, the boys and girls of Israel, would know forever that it was through these great heroes God brought this David to the throne. And the other thing that's here, the story of Uzzah touching the ark, it's just a reminder. God's work must be done God's way in order to have God's blessing. Uzzah meant well. Oxen stumbled. We've got to keep the ark upright. Almost any of us would have reached out to touch it, but God had said they were not to touch the ark of the covenant. It's a hard lesson that I think we all have to learn. God's way is always best. God's commandments are always right. You'll never go wrong by doing right. It's still better to obey. 
I understand Uzzah. God struck him down because no matter what his motives were, he did not obey the commandment of the Lord. And no wonder David was angry. No wonder he was upset. He thought it now is unsafe to bring the Ark of the Covenant. But David himself has to learn that anything less than total obedience is really just some variety of disobedience. So let us then go out today and pray for the right and proper fear of God in our words, in our deeds, in our actions, in our attitudes. So, Lord, please deliver us from halfway obedience to you. Help us to obey wholeheartedly from the heart today all that you've called us to do. And in that spirit, we wrap up today. Come back tomorrow. We are deep in First Chronicles, and we're going to find out more about David tomorrow, his exploits and how God blessed him and used him. So come back tomorrow. We'll see you there.